Welcome to the second episode of the Cigar Store Indian Podcast. This week's show is going to cover topics of cigar history, as well as the history of cigar boxes. I do apologize that uh, the previous episode we mentioned that we may delve into the making of cigars, but I think we're going to move that on to the next show, just to keep the chronology of events in place. So, in order for us to get an idea of how cigars are made, we kind of have to know where cigars come from first. So, uh, we're going to do two reviews today, the CAO Brasilia, and another CAO relative, the CAO uh, Italia. Uh, A great compliment to the uh, CAO series. Uh, There's going to be some cigar news, and we may even touch on some uh, email and feedback that we have received. It's great to be able to announce as well that we do have a dedicated email address. The new email address is thecigarstoreindian at gmail.com. That's thecigarstoreindian at gmail.com. And it's great that Google actually had that name available for us. Uh, I was really excited when we saw that. And uh, we hope that you guys were able to uh, drop us a note. We monitor that on a regular basis so that we can keep the content current and uh, get an idea about the feedback and suggestions that uh, individuals who are listening to the episodes uh, have. It's also been great to see the uh, subscription rate uh, increase uh, so suddenly after putting out just one episode, and I hope that those of you who are listening will continue to do so. And I would love to do um, anything that would... uh, kind of brighten up uh, the content of the show. So if you have those suggestions, please let us know. Or drop us a comment at the um, Blogspot website, www.thecigarstoreindian.blogspot.com. Today's show is going to cover uh, topics of the cigar history that I mentioned, the cigar boxes, and we're going to move on to that now. So thank you for staying tuned. The history of cigars. Well, we don't know when it was first grown or smoked, but we can be pretty certain that the inhabitants of Europe were unaware of tobacco until the Genovese explorer Christopher Columbus's epic voyage of 1492 brought him to the New World. Now, two of the sailors reported that Cuban Indians smoked some primitive form of the cigar, which was a twisted dried tobacco leaf, rolled with other leaves, such as the palm or the plantain, and this translated into what has become known today as the modern cigar. Some people believe the word tobacco came from the name of the island Tobago, and others from the Mexican region of Tabasco. Now, the Tianos natives of the island of Cuba and Hispaniola named their cigar the Coiba, or the Cahoba, on the other hand, the word cigar came from the Mayan verb secar, which means to smoke. Now, in due course, the Spanish and other European sailors caught the habit, as did the conquistadors, and smoking spread through Spain and Portugal, eventually France, and most notably all throughout Europe. Now, Jean Nicot, the French ambassador to Portugal, who is believed to have given the name of Nicot to nicotine, 
had a lot to do with this, in fact. Later, the habit spread to Italy, and then Sir Walter Raleigh's voyages to America brought smoking to the popularity in Britain. Now, smoking was familiar throughout Europe and in pipes in Britain by about the mid-16th century. And half a century later, tobacco started to be grown commercially in the American colonies. Tobacco was originally thought to have medicinal qualities. The word cigar originated from the cigar, as I mentioned, the Mayan uh, verb, but was translated into cigarro in Spanish, although the word itself and variations of it didn't really come into common use until the mid-18th century. Cigars, more or less, in the form that we know them today, were first made in Spain, and as early as the 18th century, using tobacco grown in Cuba and brought across the ocean. At that time, no cigars were exported from Cuba, but by 1790, cigar manufacturers had spread north of the Pyrenees, with small factories being set up in France and in Germany. The Dutch, too, started making cigars using tobacco from the far eastern colonies, but cigar smoking only became a widespread custom in France and Britain after the Peninsular Wars. At this time, the British and French veterans made fashionable the habit that they learned while in Spain, and the production of the cigars began in Britain in 1820. In 1821, the Act of Parliament was needed to set out regulations governing the production of cigars, and because of the import tax, foreign cigars in Britain had already regarded themselves as luxury items. Soon, there was a demand for higher quality cigars in Europe, and Spanish cigars were superseded by those made in Cuba, which was then a Spanish colony. The cigar probably arrived in North America in 1762, when Israel Putnam, later an American general in the American War for Independence, returned from Cuba where he had served in the British Army. He came back to his home in Connecticut, where tobacco had been grown by settlers since the early 17th century, with a selection of Havana cigars and large amounts of Cuban tobacco seed. Cigar factories were later set up in the Connecticut area, processing the tobacco grown from this Cuban seed. In the early 19th century, American domestic production started to take off, and Cuban cigars also began to be imported in significant numbers. But cigar smoking didn't really boom in the United States until after the time of the Civil War in the 1860s, with individual brands emerging by the late 19th century. By then, the cigar had become a status symbol in the United States, and during the same time period, smoking cigars had become popular among the gentlemen in Britain and in France that European trains introduced smoking cars to accommodate them, and hotels and clubs started boasting smoking rooms. In the 19th century, the smoking jacket was designed to protect clothes from smoking during some high-class dinners that were held, and the after-dinner cigar accompanied by a glass of port and brandy became a common tradition. This ritual was given an added boost by the fact that Prince of Wales, Edward VIII, and a leader of the fashion, was a devotee and enjoyed his cigars immensely, much to the annoyance of his mother, Queen Victoria. As a quick note, the word stogie comes from the cigar manufacturer of Conestoga in Pennsylvania, well known for its famous cigars. Future podcasts, we're going to include little tidbits of history, little known facts, and we hope to also include some stories about historical personalities in cigar lore, like the famous people um, that we associate sometimes with cigars. Maybe those like uh, Groucho Marx, Winston Churchill, and Henry Clay, the famous U.S. Senator who gave his name to a brand of cigars. 
Those that enjoy cigars sometimes enjoy their history as well. Here's a little story on how cigars have been packaged in the past. Cigars were originally sold in bundles that were covered with pigskin, used with a little vanilla to improve the smell. Then large chests that held upwards to 10,000 cigars were used. These chests were being shipped throughout the world, and then the cigars were being repackaged for sale. Around 1830, cigars became popular in business sector, and sealed cedar boxes stamped with the company's logos and emblems originated. Around that time as well, the cedar box took off as a form of packaging in all major Havana brands. Cedar helped prevent cigars from drying out and furthers the maturing process. It also enhances the cigar's scent and taste. The use of color lithographic labels started around the same time, and as the industry grew in the mid-19th century, so did the need for clear brand identification. So labels and other illustrations started to appear inside the box as well as outside of the lids. And in order for cigar makers to stand out from their competitors, the boxes had colorful labels and decorative borders. The cigars were hand-packaged in the box. So after the box was checked, it was nailed shut and tightly sealed with a green or white label. A custom dating back to the early 1900s may be waxed to even seal the box. This guaranteed the cigar as a genuine Havana. Now, the practice of using labels usually printed in similar colors with the similar wording to seal the box continues today in most famous brands. The former packaging, called 898, is used by some cigar makers, and these were actually packed in polish boxes that contained 25 cigars. So they were arranged into three layers with eight on the bottom, nine in the middle, and eight on the top. Now, the art of packaging cigars has changed somewhat over time, and the technology that consumers demand has always been driving the development of cigar boxes. So when individuals look for these aesthetic uh, beauties of boxes, which I have uh, several dozen, they decided to trick them up a little bit with brass clasps and elegant designs on the outside, utilizing different woods, Uh, different inkings and lithographs on the outside, and uh, this caused for the development of uh, some really unique cigar boxes that are out there. I recently saw a CAO box. I think it was the MX2, if I'm not mistaken. That was a black felt-covered type of, of box, uh, a unique design, as well as a recent acid box with the acid logo uh, embossed on the top in some kind of metallic pewter, a real unique box. So... Uh, that's a little history of cigar boxes. We are now going to move into our break, featuring a quote by Winston Churchill. Then, the reviews for the week. I drink a great deal. I sleep a little, and I smoke cigar after cigar. That is why I am in 200% form. Winston Churchill
The cigar reviews for this week will include the CAO Brasilia and the CAO Italia. Several years ago, I purchased the commemorativo selection of CAO's most popular line of cigars, all rated 90 or higher. They included the Cameroon, the Maduro, the Gold, the Criollo, the Brasilia, the Italia, and the CX2 line, and I took them to my humidor at a local cigar bar that I frequent and made a promise to myself that I would smoke these in series for about three or four weeks in a row with a nice glass of port or a beer or a glass of wine to enjoy the essence of each of those and kind of have a uh, a time for myself in reviewing some of these cigars. Well, unfortunately, some things in my life started happening. I had gone back to graduate school, and they sat in my humidor for about six months. My brother returned from England recently and brought me uh, some cigars from uh, uh, England while he was there. And I went back to my cigar bar, put them in there, and rediscovered these uh, sitting in the uh, humidor and uh, jumped on the chance to, to rate these. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with the CAO Brasilia and talk a little bit about it. Now CAO stumbled on a beautiful dark wrapper leaf and it was uh, discovered in this Bahia region. And the launch of the cigar brought much attention back to the Brazilian tobacco that was essentially a rebirth to Brazilian cigars in the U.S. market and around the world. Shortly after, many South American cigar manufacturers, as well as manufacturers from across the world, uh, attempted to recreate the CAO's success by attempting to utilize Brazilian tobacco in their wrappers as well, but it didn't catch on as successfully as the Brasilia line. The Brasilia is a full-bodied, full-flavored smoke and carries a long, spicy finish, and it's truly an unforgettable cigar, and it's a powerhouse to any humidor. Since the time that I have had that at my humidor uh, in the cigar bar downtown, I've brought several back to my house and keep them in my home humidor. Now, now I have to say the cigar is excellent. It has flavors of cedar, cocoa, coffee, and the cedar flavor is pleasingly dominating, and it makes it for that full-bodied smoke that I talked about. Now, the band is actually catchy as well. Remember I mentioned the marketing and the display of the cigar. The band is designed with the green, yellow, and blue color of the Brazilian flag. It's embossed with a gold CAO logo, and I, I've always accompanied mine with either some kind of port, but actually at a downtown grill, the humidor uh, cigar bar that I frequent, I had this with a wonderful Irish coffee. Now, the cigar does have the Brazilian wrapper that I talked about, but it also contains Nicaraguan fillers and binders, and it's certainly a winning combination that's not of the faint of heart or the novice smoker. Now, the CAO Brasilia, as I mentioned, was introduced in 2001. The line boasts a full-flodied blend of all these tobaccos and offers that complexity that you may or may not be looking for, but I do highly recommend it. So remember, keep this one in your humidor. It's great and powerful, rich-flavored smoke, and I highly recommend them. Check it out. Now, the CAO Italia. Now, the Italia is a uniquely flavored cigar. I'm going to have to say this very plainly, though. You either love the CAO Italia or you hate it. And I agree with some of the reviews that I've read that it has a very musky, oak-like quality smell to it. Even more difficult than some of the English pipe tobacco that's out there. Some of the other problems with the cigar is it doesn't really burn as evenly as many people would like. I do feel that uh, for the quality of the cigar, 
those companions that are out there, comparably the Brasilia, that I would expect a little bit more uh, out of this cigar. Now it is a medium to full-bodied cigar with Cuban seed Honduran Maduro wrapper. The filler is a special Habano seed tobacco from Italy, and so it hadn't really gotten the acclaim for premium hand-rolled tobaccos as some of the other CAO lines had in the past. Now, despite bashing it right off uh, out the gate, I do have to give this cigar probably a rating of 8 out of 10, um, just because of some of the uh, unique characteristics of it. I also forgot to mention previously that I do give the Brasilia a definitive 9.5 out of 10. Now, the cap in the CIO is probably one of the best that I have ever had, which is really important for cigar of this caliber because you're going to have to put up with it as you frustratingly get uh, through the cigar. You're going to have to light it a couple of times. You're going to have to bite down, and uh, the cap really holds up. The appearance of the cigar is, is quite unique as well. Now, like the Brasilia, it incorporates the colors of the Italian flag, the red, the blue, and the green, with the CAL gold embossed lo- logo right on it. The burn is probably the, the most difficult uh, issue that I had with the cigar. Now, the burn didn't really affect the flavor of the cigar, but it really gave that frustrating feeling that I've uh, that you get sometimes, you know, halfway through a smoke. Now, I haven't had the experience of smoking more than about three or four of these, but it seems like every one that I ran into was like this. The ash was white and gray, and it was moderately firm, but really didn't hold up well as far as the construction. And as I say, the consistency, I just picked a random five out of the box, and I had the same issue with every one of them. The draw was fairly loose, and the flavors really hit you right when you come out the gate. The first puffs or two, you're going to get kind of this bitterness, peppery note, and then the oaky, real musty flavor kind of sets in. Then interestingly enough, as I got towards the end of the cigar, I found there to be almost a coffee aroma, a taste of uh, unique earthiness, uh, and then that oakiness kind of subsided to real woody earth. So that's what kind of gave it back up, uh, got some uh, additional ratings from me, moving it up to an 8 caliber. Now if you're tired of the -the run-of-the-mill cigar, then this is a must-try. The CIO Italia is that medium-bodied cigar that you could smoke on a on a regular basis, but it really is subjective. It's up to the smoker. Um, it does have some real natural aromas that may appeal to some individuals, but for me, I wasn't too pleased with it. Now, I did have the Piazza. It was a 6x60, and uh, I'll probably finish off these five and uh, stick with the Brazilias. So the Brazilia is my pick of the two. Uh, I hope uh, these reviews were helpful to you. If you have any recommendations for cigar reviews for the next episode, please leave an email at thecigarstoreindian at gmail.com. It's time for this week's Cigar Tip of the Week. Smokeless ashtrays. What a wonderful, wonderful accessory. With modern technology, there are now smokeless ashtrays for cigars. Smoke can be overwhelming to some, 
And ashtrays can collect the smoke and the cigar when it's at rest. So while the smoke is drawn into the device, the air around is clean. These smokeless ashtrays allow for the cigar lover to enjoy his smoke while his companions are not oppressed with heavy smoke and odor. Now, what is a cigar aficionado? An aficionado is defined as a person who likes, has knowledge of, or appreciates a pursued interest or activity. Therefore, a cigar aficionado is, is a person who knows and pursues the enjoyment of fine cigars. A fine cigar would be characterized as a premium, quality-constructed cigar. But a fine cigar is truly in the eye of the beholder, or at least in the mouth of the smoker. That's all for this week's Cigar Tip of the Week. Cigar News of the Week. I've gotten a hold of some information that kind of piggybacks on last episode's news about the Monte Cristo Cigar Club at the Pittsburgh Pirates Field. Now, it came to my attention through a feed that I received that a surprise awaited the first 100 full-season pass holders uh, to the cigar bar. They were rewarded with a personal locker for storing their cigars. That was not only a, a wonderful surprise, but the first 50 also received a box of Monte Cristos. So good luck uh, to any of you who are trying to uh, join the ranks of those first 100, and congratulations to the first 50 that have already received their boxes of Monte Cristos. I bet you that sold out uh, very quickly as far as the membership to the Monte Cristo Club along with the season passes to the Pirates games. Uh, additional news, General Cigar... Uh, has been reaching out to younger smokers in a lifestyle promotion with the Maxim magazine, the men's magazine, in a 100th uh, celebration to honor the magazine's 100th issue last week. Uh, there was a party held at Trist, a hotel uh, near uh, Las Vegas, the Wynn Casino, in which a, a general cigar commemorative of the Maxim 100 uh, episode was distributed at a Friday evening poker party uh, bash. I hope these cigars uh, might even make it to the shelf, as I am a big fan of Maxim's magazine. Uh, have been for years since it actually came out. Uh, uh, very interesting. Uh, an additional note, um, I mentioned that I went to a CAO uh, Best of the Best uh, show at my cigar store that I frequent here in Macon. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I uh, got a chance to speak with the CAO representative, but one thing was, interestingly enough, lacking. It came to my attention today that over the next couple months, we will be seeing a new uh, flavor or dimension of CAO, uh, and that would be the CAO Flavorettes. Now, these Flavorettes were created by the CAO brand company as a specialty marketing tool in which they dressed up six beautiful women uh, traveling from retail store to retail store, highlighting their new flavor line. Uh, they'll be doing this in six states from May through September. I haven't gotten an exact uh, a map of what states they'll be going through, but I hope one of them is Georgia. They'll be sponsoring uh, giveaways, special one-day pricing on flavors by CAO and cigars, uh, and hopefully you'll be able to get your picture taken with the flavorettes. So I look forward to finding out uh, a little bit more about that. Now, to kind of preface the idea of complementing cigars with golf, 
which we will head up in an episode uh, at a later date, I came across some news. Now, many of you are, are aware about the long association with marketing efforts of cigars uh, to golfers, uh, and it's uh, actually come uh, to a new uh, perspective. Recently, uh, Tabaca Lacera Perdomo, uh, the president, uh, Nick Perdomo, uh, decided to take a new venture uh, and to branch out into a heavy promotion of the Perdomo cigar into the golfing uh field in which their smoking is not prohibited. So to take advantage of the long-time tie between golf and many uh, uh, cigar manufacturers, Perdomo has released a, a fifth blend of La Tradicion Cabinet Series Perdomo Reserves. The Pomo, Perdomo Reserve Limited Golf Edition includes uh, eight shapes of cigars uh, modeled from four three-quarter inch all the way up to a nine-inch a 52 ring gauge, and some unique names, uh, a hole-in-one, a double eagle tubed version. There's even uh, a cigar called The Driver. So uh, this cigar is made in Nicaragua, of course, and it'll be flavorful blend using Nicaraguan-grown binders and fillers and a Connecticut shade wrapper. It's going to sport a green and gold label to join the original white label blend from 98, the red label Maduro from 99, the Cameroon wrapper silver label, from 2003 and the Connecticut wrapper Champagne Gold Label from 2004. Now, in addition, they didn't only just tie in with the cigar market, but they also uh, have associated and aligned themselves up with the fashion giant Perry Ellis International in a line of Perdomo golf polo-style shirts and baseball caps. They have also created this ingenious all-in-one golf and cigar package for foursome. It's called the Caddy. It's being offered uh, with four Double Eagle cigars in aluminum tubes, four golf balls with the Perdomo Golf logo, and a branded cigar cutter. Uh, All are being sold at a local retail smoke shop near you. That's it for this week's Cigar News. The complimenting beverage for the week is Newcastle Brown Ale. Now, any serious beer drinker will easily be able to tell you the first few craft beers that they became familiar with. For me, it ranged anywhere from Sierra Nevada to other microbrews visiting North Carolina a couple years ago to the American classic Sam Adams to the common imports Bass, uh, Guinness, Beck's, and Newcastle Brown Ale. Now, Newcastle Brown Ale is the largest selling bottled beer in England and is a major brand here in the United States. Now, Newcastle Brown Ale is brewed in Newcastle upon Tyne in England. It is sometimes called uh, Nuki Brown. It was first introduced in 1927. Now, it has grown in popularity over the years and has become an American staple as an import. Newcastle Brown Ale is a traditional English style brown ale. It's both reddish brown in color and sweet in flavor. Now, it's served cooler than many traditional British beers. In fact, it's served ideally uh, just below room temperature. Uh, from a bottle, uh, it's drank uh, wonderfully, but a half pint or Wellington glass is the best. So to minimize the warming of the beer, uh, it has a pronounced frothy head. 
never flat. That's one of the best things about Newcastle. It can sit uh, for quite a while and still have that quality crisp taste. The ale pours to a, a light brown, almost cola-like color uh, with a frothy head. In fact, some of my friends and I tease that it has a, quite a creamy finish. Now, the palate is smooth and nutty, slightly sweet with a, a hint of chocolate, uh, some have said. It's a wonderfully delicate beer in a classic English brew. Now, this is a special treat on draft. I do buy it on bottles on a regular basis, but I see it more and more at bars uh, across the country as draft. In fact, here in Macon, my favorite local pub carries Newcastle and that Shamrocks, located in Payne City here in Macon, Georgia. Shamrocks seems to sell a good deal of Newcastle brown ale on tap, and I always get a fresh pint when I go in. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Cigar Store Indian Podcast. We now have an email address that you can reach us at. It's the Cigar Store Indian at gmail.com. The Cigar Store Indian at gmail.com. I would love for you to write in with some feedback or suggestions. You can also leave comments at the Blogspot email. The webpage is www.thecigarstoreindian.blogspot.com. That's thecigarstoreindian.blogspot.com. I welcome each one of you who are now subscribers. We have a wonderful uh, collection of subscribers based on the feedback from the FeedBurner website. Please also uh, put a pin in our Frapper map, and I thank everyone who's already done that. The Frapper Map, F-R-A-P-P-R. You can search for the Cigar Store Indian. There's also a link at the Blogspot website. Next week's cigar topics include selecting the right cigar. And the cigar reviews for next week will be the Java by Drew Estates and Rocky Patel's Vintage 1990. I look forward to having each of you back for next week's episode of the Cigar Store Indian podcast. And remember... A good cigar is like enjoying a good wine. You can smell it, you can taste it, you can look at it, you can feel it, you can even hear it. It satisfies all the senses. We'd like to say a special thanks this week to our musical providers at the Podsafe Music Network. You can find the Podsafe Music Network and Podsafe Music at music.podshow.com. This week's music was brought to us by the Marriott Jazz Quintet and the Gabriola Trio. Also, we'd like to give special thanks and reference to Wikipedia, the online encyclopedia, at http://wikipedia.org and lifetips.com. <laughs>